Welcome to Business Unmuted and Happy New Year to all our viewers and listeners on the podcast. Thanks to our sponsor, Virtue Motors, one of the UK's largest motor retailers, representing some of the world's best manufacturers of cars, vans and motorcycles. Check out its website at virtuemotors.com. I'm Graham Robb, owner of Recognition PR, and I'm feeling very positive about the coming months, and I hope you are too. Business is uh, busy in our business, and it's the type of work that with promotional activity and strategic PR advice, is at the forward indication of the economy. If the predicted recession was likely to be acute, my business, Recognition PR, would be quiet, but we're not. We have in excess of 70 clients from a range of sectors and all different sizes, and they seem to be all busy with solid plans for growth. The negative predictions in the media don't seem to be shared by the people at the front line of business that I'm doing business with. Now, 2023 does present difficulties for the economy at a macro level, but there are a few businesses that I've come across who believe their own enterprise doesn't have the power to navigate the obstacles in the way. 30 years ago, I remember asking one of my long-standing clients, Duncan Ballantyne, if he was worried about high interest rates. At the time, they were in excess of 12%. He said that complaining about the economy or interest rates was like a, like a, a, a sailor complaining about the swell of the sea. You just needed to use your skill to plot the course to your destination. So welcome back after Christmas, and I urge you to keep positive and not to fear the worst. Business is not for the faint-hearted, but the spirit of enterprise and a buccaneering approach to problems lies within us all. In the studio today, we've got Margaret Bradshaw, Mags, who's the Managing Director of Red Button Marketing, and also uh, she helps SMEs to build their marketing brand by training them in marketing. We also have Simon Hartley from B World Class, a sports psychologist and coach who brings experiences with Olympic medalists to the business sphere. Down the line, we have Gareth Smith of Hilton Smythe Group, a UK-wide business advisory service that helps businesses and people to buy and sell their enterprises and also to grow them. So that's our team to talk today. I'm going to start with you, Simon. Be world class. What a great name for a business. Are you optimistic as this new financial year starts? Yeah, I, I'm optimistic, but I think it's because I'm realistic, honestly. Um, and... Uh... The media has a, a tendency to paint things with one brush um, and exacerbate things. So it's either very, very good or very, very bad. And the truth is often in the middle. Um, you know, sometimes things are slightly better than at other times. But I, I completely agree with the philosophy of Duncan Bannatyne, which is that, you know, that the sea might change, but how we navigate it is critical. Absolutely. Um, and if we're confident with what we're doing, with our plan, with our approach, there's a very good chance we'll get through. Yeah, you can't complain about the weather. In Britain, if you in Britain, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. Mags, how do you feel as you start the calendar and business year? Well, do you know what? I have to say, I'm picking up on your word of positivity because that's exactly how we feel. And I agree with you, Simon. Actually, I think that um, I think it's a case of how you kind of plan and, and navigate. But we're feeling really excited. I've got to put it out there and say that we really are, and we're getting that vibe from the clients that we're working with. Because it's okay. about, I think, that thinking and just sort of thinking of that little bit more, maybe cleverly, if that's the right word, um, you know, and using what's at their fingertips, really, okay. which is actually their people Absolutely. And, and the best way to support their business, you know. Okay, and let's, let's round off with uh, uh, Gareth. Uh, Gareth Smith from Hilton Smythe. Now, your business buys and sells businesses, so how's it feeling? 
Yeah, I think, again, sort of echoing the, the sentiment that it's very positive for us. We've got some some fantastic growth plans over the next year. Um, and, and moreover, we're seeing that through a lot of our clients as well. You know, we're seeing year-on-year turnover increases um, and generally positivity despite, I think, what, what you might see in the news. Let's talk about you first then, because uh, your business, I say buyers and sales business, not, no, you, you actually are more like a business estate agent, I suppose. If someone has a business for sale, they might market it through you, or if someone wants to invest and buy a business, they might buy it from you. Now, at a, a very low level, that could be a, I know, a coffee shop in the Yorkshire Dales. Uh, at a high level, it might be a, a bigger business. Um, but what is the driving force behind businesses coming to the market and what's the driving force at the moment behind buyers' interest? Yeah, I think the driving force um, for us uh, and, and historically has always been retirement. And we tend to find that most of our sort of clients, you know, we, we work with entrepreneurs, we work with small business owners. So it tends to be individuals that, that are getting to the point where they want to de-risk, retire and, and just generally, you know, slow down a little bit. And I think from a, a buyer's aspect, look, there's always going to be somebody that, that wants to invest and, and see a return on that investment. So if you have a good business that's profitable and it's returning money, you will inevitably find somebody that's interested in, in taking that off your hands. Now, on this panel today, myself included, there are no first timers on business. We've all got a bit of experience. And so we, we've seen interest rates much higher than they are now. The media narrative is all about high interest rates. Now, if I wanted to buy a business that was on your books, quite often I'd have to finance it. How does the current level of interest rates affect the financing that's available and, and, the, and people's appetite to, to actually take the, uh, the loan? I think, you know, inevitably we've seen rates increase. Uh, the problem with the media is, you know, they use past events and present them as still to come. So, you, you know, we're, we're looking at stuff that's happened and actually interest rates have sort of steadied off. They're not, they're not still increasing. Um, and in some instances, we're actually seeing some really good rates, you know, still 4% on commercials, uh, which really hasn't gone up all that much. And so I don't, again, it's not as bad as it's being made out to be. Um, it's more difficult to get the funding in some respects but having said that it's still very possible if you've got a profitable business if you've got experience in a sector um, banks will inevitably favor it and what you tend to see in markets like this where we start to see interest rises um, some of the secondary and tertiary banks tend to come out and, and sort of take over what high street might typically have done Mm-hmm. Um, you know, use secondary and social lenders will. So um, that's where we, we as brokers, when we when we do finance brokering deals, tend to, to really come to the fore in that we have access to those banks and lenders. In the 21st century, in 2023 now, uh, compared to 20 years ago, 10 years ago, not only are the rates different and lower, but the uh, availability of different types of finance is more uh, widespread, but you didn't have 20 years ago the level of peer-to-peer lending you've got now. You didn't have as much private equity in the small uh, small uh, business sector. Um, there were fewer banks that specialised just in business. Is is that making an impact on uh, people's people's uh, financial um, uh, availability? 
Yeah, I think, you know, wherever you have um, competition in the marketplace and, and different products, it, it opens the door to, to better rates and, and better terms because ultimately um, lenders make money on lending money. So um, if, we, if we can create a market where you get these additional types of lenders, then, then absolutely it benefits anybody looking for finance. And I think the FCA had a, a particular interest in sort of fintech and, and really driving you know, the peer-to-peer market, if you like, by almost relaxing regulation a little bit to some extent to, to get some of these through through the regulatory process. And I think that has helped, com- you know, create a more competitive market. Yeah, because the regulation is designed to primarily help the consumer, the, the, the man woman in the street, and you're not really dealing with that person. There's a different level of uh, decision-making, isn't there? You'd expect someone who wanted to buy a business to display some business acumen. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, the, the, whilst the FCA is there to protect businesses as well, you know, primarily it's focused on uh, protecting consumers and, and making sure that I guess you're on an equal footing to some degree. Now, you mentioned one of the impetus uh, for um, uh, sale was quite often retirement, but there's been a lot of comment about the great retirement in the general workforce. People who've looked at their pension availability people who've looked at the level of work they were doing in their current roles and retired and maybe looking at a different lifestyle. Is that driving the purchasers of the businesses that you're selling as much as the sellers of the businesses that you're selling? Yeah, I think, you know, COVID's changed the the very dynamic on on that kind of thing. And I think certainly as as workers are getting older, um, with the the break that COVID gave us and, and, you know, family and loved ones and all those sort of issues i think people have decided to slow down maybe work less days and 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 retire early um and it certainly does open the door for opportunities certainly on smaller businesses maybe more lifestyle type businesses where um you know you can use your pension that you've got invest it in a business and and it can very much run to suit your lifestyle all right now i keep I, i keep walking through high streets and local towns and seeing uh, your um, posters because you, 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 you're everywhere and if you look on your website you can see a range of businesses as I say from coffee shops to more, uh, more, more larger uh, uh, enterprises available to buy just, just one last comment on uh, town centres it strikes me there's been a lot of comment about London and large cities and the exodus of workers from large cities but the beneficiaries of that have been towns provincial towns we're, we're broadcasting this from Darlington, and I've never seen as few for sale or to let signs in Darlington Town Centre mm-hmm. as there have been this Christmas season. Yeah, I think there's definitely pockets and, and areas of the UK which perhaps are, are less fortunate in that respect. But, uh, you know, generally, I think that there is still a, an appetite for local business and for local high streets and, and also with people working from home a lot more of the time now even you know even if you are required to go into the office one or two days a week there's still a lot more working from home mm. and so it is promoting local business um, and so i think that will continue and, and it's just really a change in dynamic from your traditional town centers to more local pockets i guess 
Okay. Mm. Mags, let's bring you in and feel free to chip in, uh, uh, Gareth, if you want. I know you're down the line, but do chip in. So you've got a, a, a business that helps yeah. people to market their businesses. Yeah. Um, and you've got a bit of a unique uh, selling point because there's a, a platform attached to it as well, isn't yeah. it? Tell us about it. Absolutely. So what we do at Red Button Marketing and Training is we train people in businesses in a very powerful and sort of sustainable process, if you like, that supports the marketing. So we're training in a process that joins people and activity to drive business growth. And, and then the backup is that they get use of an online tech platform called My Marketing Button um, for a further, you know, sort of, well, between one and 12 months, depending on what training they have. So I think what's great is being able to deliver some training that visually brings the team together, can see what marketing is in their business, bring ideas and attach it to something. It's a bit like having loads of hats and throwing them on the floor and not putting them on a hat stand. It kind of doesn't make sense. So we're really keen to kind of attach people's ideas, thoughts and activity to something that actually is about driving business growth. So, I, know, I know you work with professional services, accountants, yeah, solicitors, yeah, yeah. architects, firms, people like Engineers, this. Engineers. Yeah, yeah, professional <laughs> services. And, and quite often those services, the owners of the business are, are focused on their trade or craft, yeah. not on marketing their business. Exactly. Yeah. I think we find a really interesting question, we ask it in all of our training, is what do people think marketing actually is? And what do you tend to get? We get a whole stack of different answers, <laughs> I can tell you. Um, I mean, we've had everything from someone saying, oh, we do a leaflet drop. And then someone else says, well, we've got a website. Mm. And then someone else says, I asked Betty on reception to do a couple of Facebook yeah. posts on her lunch break. And, you know, I find the range of answers fascinating because if 10 people in a business and in a team, so you're saying, like, say, accounting or professional services, they're busy doing the do, you know. So if all of those people in that team have a different understanding of what, the process of marketing is in the first place, I see that as an interesting perhaps opportunity or challenge um, to have then same page thinking. Because if marketing is the process that will drive the growth of a business, if 10 people think it's something different, that to me flags an issue. <laughs> because how can we all work together then for the greater good? So Very I interesting. Think, Quite often in a smaller yeah, business, people don't have the same elevator picture of what their business is, yeah. do they? Yeah, and if you say to people, why? So I think we found that so refreshing in workshops we've done, and one just last week with a, an engineering firm that was about nine or 10 of them in the team. And it just gave that, the, the MD said, you know, it's having that structure that enables everyone to understand what it looks like and then, you know, we're quite emotional driven as well in terms of we think, you know, people are amazing, which I just think people are amazing in business. And you it's, are a people you know, person. We, we know love that. people. Yeah, um, and I think it starts there with the marketing of any business, to be honest with you. Mm. Now, Simon, you're here to give inspiration. Now, we're looking to you. You're a sports psychologist. Now, I, I said to talk about Olympics at the beginning, but actually you've been involved in uh, football, premiership, rugby union, motor racing, uh, first class cricket. What can you say to someone in business that you would say to someone in sport? Where is the link? Uh, the link is, and it took me an embarrassingly long time to find this out, that everybody's a human. Mm. So whatever applies to an athlete or a sports team applies to uh, an entrepreneur, onto a teacher, onto an architect. It doesn't really matter. The common denominator is if you're a human being, this stuff applies. Um, and whether it's individual or collective, if it's mindset stuff or leadership or teamwork or culture or whatever, it applies equally inside sport as to, to outside. It's, it's the same stuff. I remember coming into work last Tuesday. Uh, I have a team of 15 people and I wanted to say something to get them all going and, mm. and, and, and start, start off the business. I can't remember what I said. Hopefully <laughs> I did inspire. But uh, what would you be saying to the business owner 
particularly because he would presumably coach the business owner, not just the, the staff. Yeah. And the business owner, and I'm sure everyone around this discussion will know this, walks into the business, thinks, oh my goodness, you know, there's an element of trepidation. I've got a lot of mortgages to help pay and mm. I've, I, I owe my staff a living, not just myself. And, you know, and you're starting fresh. It's like the head teacher that goes into school and he's really more nervous than yeah, the, yeah. Stu- the students that are starting yeah. for the first day of term. Yeah. What do you say to the business owner that gives them that courage, that buccaneering spirit, that sense of enterprise to get going? I've noticed with lots of people taking on huge challenges, and I've studied people who are the very best in the world and have taken on enormous challenges. And you ask them how they got through it, and most of them said, at the outset, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew why. And that's what powers through. why. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, Destination. And so there are, there are a couple of questions that I think get uh, sort of overlooked in business. We, we almost assume people know the answer so we don't talk about it. And there are three questions that I advocate get asked time and time and time again. What are we trying to achieve here? Why does that matter to us? Why is it important? Why do we care about this? And how are we going to do it then? Mm. And most people come in at the how are we going to do it without looking at the first two. Mm. And if, if you if you analysed all of the conversations between business leaders and their people, the vast majority are focused on what we're doing or maybe how we're doing it, but very few are linked to why. Now, I have... I, yeah. Go on. I, know, I was going to say, I've just got to actually completely agree with you on that one. It's the why. I mm. think that it actually is mega mm. important. And I think certainly from a, like a marketing standpoint, if people can then see why they may be getting involved and being asked to get involved in what... A lot of people go, oh, I don't do the marketing. I leave that to so-and-so in that mm. department. Whereas actually everyone in a business has a role to play. And I really agree with you, what you're saying there. And I think if people can see why, even just a small task they could do in their day-to-day, how that can impact on the business growth mm. and that marketing structure, if you like. Absolutely. People get, like they go, oh my God, I love this. I want to do more. And then that's great for the business. Mm. But Absolutely. it's showing the why. And I think that's you know certainly what we love to capture in the training. But I totally uh, agree. Let's bring Gareth in because I know Gareth, I mean, when we first met, you were being, uh, your business was identified by one of the large international banks as one of the great enterprises in the Northwest because you're based in the Northwest. Now, hands up who's actually had a business coach, who uses a business coach. I put my hand up. I actually do use a business coach. What about you, Gareth? Do you use a business coach? Yeah, I think it's very important. And I think any business that, that really wants to, to, to gain some you know, momentum should should really consider it. I think one of the really big things for me as, as a business owner, I guess, with, with that hat on, is that whilst you can be self-motivated, who's holding you to account and, yeah. you know, who's helping you with that direction and just challenging, you know, is that the right thought? Is it the right direction? And so anybody that wants to grow a business, you know, get the right business coach on board that, that challenges, you know, critical friend, it's it's good challenge, that's what you want. That's exactly yeah. right. Now, I have a business yeah. coach. I, I speak to him once a month. I'm very disciplined about it as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sometimes puts a bit of steel in my backbone to actually f- find where it's almost it's like therapy, but without the, psych- without yeah, the yeah, psychotherapy yeah. bit. Yeah. Do you find you're, you have that sort of uh, relationship with your clients, Simon? Yeah. And I mean, one element of coaching that I think is particularly useful is uh, by definition, we can't see our own blind spots. Mm. You know, if we could, they wouldn't be blind spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people can see them because they've got a different perspective. Yeah. Um, but they also can bring some slightly different experience to the table. And uh, I, I think, you know, 
people run out of gas sometimes they run out of enthusiasm or they hit the same problem time after time after time and they start to think how on earth do i get past this then um and that other perspective that that um the, the viewpoint that you get from somebody with some different experience can be incredibly useful just help you unlock that door and get through okay so i'm going to close on you simon what what tips or attitude would you suggest that people who run businesses particularly smes that might be watching this should adopt here we are a week into the new year to insulate themselves from the bad news that's particularly on the broadcast television and focus on the mission in hand how do you maintain the focus my sanity check always comes through understanding what i can control and and focusing on controlling those things you can control. The vast majority of the human population worry about the stuff they can't control rather than focusing on the things they can control. And and if you look at, for example, outcomes are not in, in our control, but processes absolutely are. Mm. So what do we need to do? How can we do it better? Um, if we focus on those things, then usually we find a way through whatever the challenge is in front of us. Well, it's been great having him on, hasn't it? I was going to say, this is great. This is I'm great. loving this. We're, we're all feeling we've better a, for the new year. We've got a process. I'm loving this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gareth, Simon, Mags, thank you for joining us oh, on the first you. Business Unmuted of Brilliant. the new year. Thank do you. keep following us on different platforms from our audio podcast. Do like and subscribe to it. Uh, or follow the live stream on a Wednesday or the video which is on YouTube and also on the Northeast and Yorkshire Business Network on LinkedIn over each weekend. We'll see you next week.